0: Morning and welcome to our very last week of our series, "The Haunted, The Haunted Heart." I'm glad you guys are here today. I believe God's going to speak to you in a special way today, and I believe you're going to leave here changed. If you want to leave here changed, I'm so excited about what God's been doing in the last uh, five weeks or four weeks of the series, and I believe that He can do one more one more thing with this series today. I hope that we can get what God has for all of us in here today. Hey, when you leave today, uh, these will be out in the lobby. They are Thanksgiving bags. And um, one per customer today. And uh, we're going to fill these up for families in need. And um, we're going to do, do turkeys and a Thanksgiving meal. for These are for going to students at Maxie Elementary. And so we'd love for you to take one of these and you got two weeks to bring it back if you're an overachiever. And you and you you have to bring it back next week because you're like I I can't come three weeks in a row then bring it next week. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Bring it back in two weeks. We're gonna fill these with stuffing and cranberry sauce and boxes of cake mix and two boxes of mac and cheese and green beans and corn and all of the things. And I believe that God is gonna do um do something with those bags. Those are bags of hope. And um, I don't know if some of you guys have met Ray. Maybe you haven't, but. Ray's another one of our friends that comes to our church. He's in my men's Bible study with me. I'm so thankful that him and his wife, B, have been uh, coming to the church and went through Next Steps last week. But uh, Ray serves a bunch of different homeless, Ray and B, they serve a bunch of different homeless pantries. And so... When you give this month, know that every time you give this month, you're feeding people who can't afford to have a meal. And I know it's so weird for us because we live in America, and we're like, well, we eat. Well, just because you eat doesn't mean everybody else eats. And I just believe that God's called us to serve this city and to serve our to serve our community and our, neighbor, and our neighbors because the Bible tells us to actually love our neighbors. And so I believe that God wants us to help some people and, and feed some people uh, this month. Uh, this month, I'm going to let you know how many meals that we've purchased for the whole entire um, this whole entire year. And uh, you guys have fed a lot of people this year, and it's so crazy, one of the the, the biggest need, uh, I saw this week that one in six homes, one in six homes um, struggle with food insecurities, one in six homes. So it's one person on every one of these rows, these rows of six people, so basically if all these rows were filled, one person, every one of these rows, a household, not just one person, if a house has four or five, six people in it, it could be six people, one in six households um, suffer from food insecurities. I believe that the church is called to help those people hey um we're, we're gonna we're gonna most of you guys have probably already voted by now if you haven't voted by now you're gonna vote in just a couple of, just a couple of days from now and um, I, I, I want to recommend early voting and um, it just it went pretty fast for me I don't know how much longer you can do that for if you like long lines then you go stay in that line you know on, on the third and do do what you got to do um, but I, I, I got kind of put in my spirit on the front row there that um, no matter who is the president next time we gather together, next sunday or next um the thing that's going to change our country is revival and we're going to come back 50 years from now my friend a friend of mine said to me yesterday he goes i believe 50 years from now um we will be we'll, we will be in a revival or maybe it's 20 years from now or i don't know in the time but we'll be in a revival and it will be because of what happened in this in this current season and so i just want to encourage you with that today so whatever happens in just a few days from now it, it's not the end of the world um, 20, uh 2000, the, the, the turn of the, of the century wasn't end of the world, and um, November the 3rd won't be the end of the world, and January won't be the end of the world. The end of the world, come when God says it's going to come. Our job is to serve and to love people while we're here on this earth, and to pray and to serve and to pray and to serve. And I think to me- today's message, the message I have for you today, it'll change the world more than, more than than your um, more than whatever party that you pull for or that you vote for. I think this message will do more than that can do in itself. Hey, we've been in a series called The Haunted Heart. The Haunted The Haunted Heart. And um, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says this guard your heart above all things, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all things, because for it it determines the course of your life, and so we've talked about guilt this week, and I believe that guilt it can haunt your heart. And we want to get the guilt out of our heart because if the guilt doesn't get in our heart. If the guilt doesn't get out of our heart, it turns to shame, and things get a lot worse for us. And we also learn that anger will haunt our heart, and so we want to get the anger out of our heart because if we will not have we don't have anger, um, then we don't we're not living the life that God's called us to live because God wants us to be for- forgivers. Like He wants to forgive people, so you can't be you can't be having unforgiveness in your heart and be who God has called you to be. And I believe comparison will haunt our hearts. And um, we our, when we compare ourselves with other people, that usually leads to pushing away from those people because we don't like them or whatever the case may be. Um, but I don't want you to compare with anybody. If you need somebody to compare yourself to, compare yourself. We said this a few weeks ago. Compare yourself to who you were before the cross. Compare yourself, before, before, compare yourself to who you were before the cross. That is a good, that's a good person to compare yourself to. And then last week we learned that anxiety, anxiety will haunt our heart anxiety will haunt a heart. And the, one of the real things I wanted to make sure you get rid of the anxiety is because of this, I believe that if you don't let the anxiety out of your heart, that anxiety causes you to question God. Because you're like, man, why isn't he showing up? And you begin to ask yourself questions like that. And so I want to encourage you today to let's make sure that we get, let's make sure that we get the anxiety out of our heart. And so the question I want to ask you today, and you probably never thought about this before, but you're, you're glad you're here today. And Because I'm going to ask this question that you should be asking, and the question is this: Have you ever wanted? Have you ever wondered? Have you ever wondered what haunts God's heart? Have you ever wondered what haunts God's heart? I preached a message like this probably a decade ago to our students, and they were like, "Pastor Wes, I've never thought about that before, and that's incredible." But you know why we don't think about what haunts God's heart? Because we are very we're very consumer driven. And the number one thing that we like to consume in America today is ourselves. And so I could preach on selfishness will haunt your heart, but that's not the message today. And I could talk about greed, and, and we were going to talk about that, but God told me to change gears. But we, we know what we like. We know, we, want, we know all those things. But have you ever wondered what, have you ever thought about what God wanted to happen in just a few days from now? Have you ever wondered what God wants to happen on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday? Have you ever wondered that? I mean, I, we, I have kids, and so I like my kids to do what I tell them to do. But don't you think us as children of God, don't you think we ought to do what God tells us to do? Don't you think the thing that's important to us should be the things that's important to who God is? I'm in a group, I'm in a study with a, with a group of guys, and I asked them this question today. What is something that your parents told you to take with you wherever you went? Like, what are some things that your parents told you? And my parents always told me this, hey, don't forget your name. I wasn't going to forget my name. It had been my name forever. Like, I have only had one name. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to forget my name. But my parents will say, hey, make sure you behave wherever you go. Behave. Like, you probably have parents today. That want, your parents want you to go out and, and remember who you are. Remember who you are. Do the right thing. There's never a there, there, right, do the right thing, do the right thing. Our parents have told us a lot of things. But there's things that God wants us to do. And we ought to do those things. And I believe when we do those things, I believe revival does happen. I believe you can fill the way. I believe God can do something incredible with you and with me today if we want to do what he wants us to do. But when's the last time you asked yourself the question, what is it that God wants me to do? So I wrote down this question you, have you ever wondered what haunted God's heart? And so I began to look in the scriptures and the Bible tells in John chapter 3 verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I love that verse and I thought, man, that's, that, there may be something there in this haunted heart because God says he, he tells us what he loves, like that's a pretty good, in, good indicator of what, what's going to haunt God's heart because it's the thing that he loves. Because we know there's nothing wrong with God's heart because God, God, God's perfect. And you and I, something's wrong with heart. So we have anxiety and we have anger and comparison and we have all of those things. I was at ice cream uh, with Brooke and, and, and her kids um, this week at Twisty Treat. It was um, her twin's birthday. And we got there and this lady goes, hey, I just need to get it. Can I cut in front of you guys and, and get something from the window? I go, hey, ma'am. It's 2020, we're not judging you. Like, do whatever you want to do. <laughs> like, like, whatever you need to do. Like, we, yeah, go in front of us. Like, go, do whatever. Like, I think sometimes we, we're very consumed with what we want. We know what we want, but we're, we're, we're imperfect people. The lady was making sure she didn't step on her toes. I saw a graphic yesterday. I, I follow a comedian. His name is John Christ, And he had the green screen behind him. And he was pretending to be a referee. And he blew the whistle and he said, we got a personal foul. <laughs> the defender looked at the quarterback the wrong way. If you watch football, you know it's getting harder and harder to kill a quarterback. You know what I'm saying? It's getting harder and harder. And so we, we know what's wrong with us. We also know, and usually because of what we like, it leads us to what is wrong sometimes. We kind of live in that tension. Like what we really, really want, usually what is, is kind of can be a negative. And so if we want, I really, really want affirmation. I, I love affirmation. Well, we'll do anything to get the affirmation. You know, we really, 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 really want that. We're going to have to take somebody. If we really, really want that. It's because we've compared ourselves to somebody else and we really want what they have. So we have to, So Jesus says at the heart of what he, what he really wants is that he said what he wants, what he really, really wants, is he wants, he loves the world. <laughs> he loves the world. That's what he, he's really consumed with loving, loving the world. I, I read a little bit further in the scriptures in Mark chapter 1 verse 17, the Bible says this, Jesus called out to them he goes, hey, guys, I want you to come and follow after me, and I want to teach you how to fish for people. Like, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to help you fish for people. And I thought, well, maybe there's something there in John three sixteen said for gospel of the world that he, he loves the world. And then he tells us, he wants us to, he's going to call these guys out, these disciples, and say, hey, guys, I need you help. We're going to go out, we're going to go out, and we're going to reach the, we're going to go out and reach the world, and so there's a common theme there. I'm like, oh, man, we're, maybe, we're getting, maybe we're getting somewhere today. And so we're talking about the world. And he says that we're going to reach the world. Jesus gives these guys the great commission to go out and reach the world. Matthew chapter 28 says this. Therefore, I want you guys to go and I want you to make disciples. I want you to make disciples of all of the nations. Like, I need your help. To go out and to reach all of the nations not just like if you're reached I need your help to go out and reach all of the nations Um, Acts chapter 1 verse 8 the Bible says you'll be my witnesses in all the world we're gonna start in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and we're gonna take over the world like we're gonna reach the world for Jesus Christ and so he says I love the world I want you guys to go out and help me reach the world. And then he gives us right before he leaves, and you know this, the most important things you could tell someone is right before they leave. Right before they leave. I need you to know this. This is the one thing I need you to know before you leave. Son, don't do this. Or if I'm, if I'm leaving the instructions for our team or whoever it is, I'm like, hey, just don't forget this one thing. Yesterday I left and we were fixing lights and really I was breaking lights and our dream team was fixing lights. I'm like, hey, I got to go, guys. <laughs> I just ran out of there. Like I had to help another church use our baptism. I literally grabbed my keys off the stage I just ran. Like I was gone. Like, hey, just, you guys got this. <laughs> like, like, we weren't even fully trained. You're just going to leave us like that? I'm like, I don't have time to talk. I got to go help these other people. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he says, like, I, we, we, we have to go out and we have to change the, like, we're going to go out and reach the world for Christ. Because I've given you guys this, this, this command to go and make disciples of all the nations and baptize those people In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Like, I need you guys to be about what I'm about. Like, he is, like, drilling this into us. I left. Hey, don't make, don't break this. Jesus is going into heaven. He says, hey, guys, I want you to go out. I want you to make disciples. Like, if there's one, like, the church does a lot of things wrong. Like, we miss it sometimes. Like, we miss it. Like, we're like, we're supposed to do this. We're not supposed to do this. And my friend sent me this video the other day about about churches and politics. I'm like, man, I I told him. I was like, I'm going to be ready next, in in four years from now, I'm going to be ready. (laughs) I'm like, i will be ready in four years from now. Like, I just, there's things I didn't know. And I'm like, I needed to know that information. But when you leave, like, hey, this is important information. This is important information. And so I wrote down my notes saying I think you and I need to know that lost souls are what haunt God's heart. Like, and it's what, it, it haunts God's heart. And so here's the deal. The thing that haunts God's heart should be the thing that haunts our heart. Lost souls should haunt our heart. Like people dying and going to a real place called hell, that should put some tension in your life. Like that should bother you. It should make you get, in your seat right now, it should make you get sweaty. (laughs) You're like, we're called to go out and reach the world for Jesus Christ. He tells the disciples to do that. Before he leaves, he tells the disciples to go make other disciples that go out and reach the world for Christ. I mean, all throughout, Scripture, like, hey, go reach the world for Christ. Like, that's what I came to do, guys. I didn't come to serve, to be served, but I came to serve the world. I need you guys to help me reach some souls. When Jesus was on the cross, the world was on his heart. That's what, like, when Jesus was on the cross, the message that I preached a decade ago was this. What was on God's mind when he was on the cross? And the thing that was on God's mind when he was on the cross was Amy Baker. That That's God was thinking about Amy. He was thinking about B, Because he knew one day she'd be married to Ray. Like, she, he knew that she would need Jesus for this thing to work. <laughs> like, he was thinking about Matt on the front row and his mom and dad getting ready to come to the second row. He was thinking about, you were on God's heart when he was on the cross. Like, that's what, that's the thing that haunts God's heart. And that's the thing that should bother our heart. We're going to talk, I'm going to preach a message today called... Let's go fishing. Let's go fishing. I wrote down this in my notes. The command to fish for people applies to you and it applies, it applies to me. If you have a Bible, i want to drive home the, this point a little bit better if I can. Romans chapter 10, uh, verse 5, if you have it. And um, the Bible says this. For Moses, write, for, for Moses writes that the laws of making a person right with God requires obedience To all of God's commands. Now I love Hebrews because Hebrews is basically a tension of the Old Testament and the New Testament in one book. That's why I like it. And the Bible tells in Hebrews that it takes the, the, the law to point us for the need for grace. And I don't know if that's too deep for some of us in here today. But here's the reality. Before Jesus came, there was a sacrificial system. Firstborn. Male and perfect, firstborn, male and perfect, and they would sacrifice that animal, and that would cover the blood, that, the blood from that animal would cover the sins of the priest. Then the priest would come out and he would clean himself off, change his clothes, and then he would take your sacrifice, and he would take it into the Holy of holies, and he would sacrifice a perfect, spotless lamb. And in the New Testament, Jesus becomes the perfect, spotless lamb. And so I love the tension. So we're talking about Moses, but you're like, yo, we're in the New Testament, Pastor West. Where's Moses coming from? And the writers here are saying, hey, I need to take you guys from law. And some of you guys still to this day, like you believe in Jesus, but you have a lot of law in you. A lot of, a lot of law in you. And you're like, I don't know what that means. Like you have a lot of religion in you. And Jesus is like, I want you to have a lot of relationship with me. There's a tension there. Like, we need the law because it points us to the need for grace. Because what, what you realize when you read the scriptures is that they couldn't, there was over 600 plus laws. I have a hard time following the speed limit. <laughs> so you'd imagine trying to follow 600 laws. So he says here, for Moses writes that the laws, way of making a person right with God requires obedience, all of its commands... But faith's way, the salvation and the free gift of salvation says, but faith's way of getting right with God says this, don't say in your heart who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to earth. And don't say who will go down to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life again. In fact, it says this, the message is very close at hand. It's on your lips and it's in your heart. And the message is this, the very message about faith that we preach. He's going to tell us, like, hey guys, it's not about going to get God to come down. And it's not about taking good people or, or bad people up to heaven, it's about Jesus. Like Jesus is a better Moses, Jesus is a better, He's the perfect high priest. He said, Hey, it's not about trying to figure out how to get them all there. He's like, it's about the message of Jesus. The law's not gonna help anybody, the law's not gonna save anybody. No, nobody. It's not helping anybody. It's not helping you. It hasn't helped me. It's pointing us, if it's done anything, it's pointing us to say, hey, we need Jesus. Hey, church, we need Jesus. Like, someone sent me a picture of the political campaign yard sign, and it said, Jesus 2020. <laughs> and so then after I voted, they said, was Jesus on the ballot? I said, no, but he is now. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I didn't write him in. He, we, it's about Jesus. Like, that's all I... What I know to tell you about everything in life is that if you make it about Jesus, that's a game changer. And that's from the Bible. This writer said, hey, it's not about this law, it's not about this, it's not about that. We need, we need revival. Revival is only going to come from, come from Jesus. And here's what he says. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you can be saved. Like the thing that haunts God's heart was that you and I would be saved. And he says here today, he's telling us, you guys, if you, if you declare Jesus as Lord, then you can be saved. And you're like, oh, cool, that's a great message. I got that one. We're good. Well, we got to keep on reading because there's more context. The Bible says this. And we're, if you're saving here today, he's saying, hey, guys, if you're saved, it is by believing in your heart that you were made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are safe. So now there's tension there. Pastor West, you said i got to be saved. i got to ask Jesus to save me. You should ask Jesus to save you. But once that you're saved, there should be some actions that come with the salvation. There should be some transformation. This information has to turn into application. Like we need to look a little bit different. The Bible says by the fruits you will know them. By the way they act. By the way they live. By whether or not they put up their grocery cart. I mean you can tell whether or not somebody is saved. By the way they drive, whether or not they use their turn signal or not, like, you should be able to tell. I'm kidding, but you should be able to tell if someone has salvation in their life more than just a Jesus bumper sticker. Business owners in here today, what makes your company Christian is what you do when you're at those jobs. What you do with those resources that you make. What you do with your family. Like, the way you live your life, that makes you Christian, not whether or not you put a Christian fish on your website. Whenever we built our website for our our, our, our church, the guys like, hey, um, there's a thing called search engine optimization, and people find you based upon keywords. And I'm like, awesome, that's cool. Like, like we don't have any of the keywords. And I'm like, what? Like, like what do you mean? He's like, like you, the word Jesus isn't on the website in <laughs> church. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm trying to be this different kind of thing. I, I want people to like I want people to tell that we're Christians, and a- I want them actually to come find out. I want them to come and see if it's actually what we. People call me and say, like, oh, we, we need your doctrinal statement. I know a lot of people with doctrinal statements, but they don't love people. I got a doctrinal statement. I know what I believe. I said, I, get, I, want, I want people to come to our church who don't know what they believe to come to our church so we can tell them who to believe in. Like, that's what we, like, we, we want to do. Oh, we need to get that. And then when I send it to them, they're, they tell me why they don't want to come to our church. I'm like, cool, we don't want you here. That's why we didn't put them there. <laughs> like, g- Good. Like we're trying to reach, we're trying to reach people. Like we're trying to, we want our heart to be haunted by the things that haunts God's heart. Like we're trying to reach, we're trying to reach people. So he tells them here. He says, "Hey guys, it's by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it's by openly declaring your faith that you are saved." As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts anyone—let me say it to you one more time—anyone who trusts in God, anyone who trusts in Him will never. Be dig- disgraced or taken grace away or turned away. Bible says Jew and Gentile they're same in this respect. Like lost people, people who are, have a foundation in faith. Like every everyone gets to come. They have the same Lord. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on Him. For get this, I love this pastor scripture. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. Everyone who calls, anyone. Jesus tells the world. Is what I'm going after. And anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, they can be saved. The guy in prison who did really bad stuff, he can be saved. She can be saved. The guy that doesn't look like you, talk like you, smug you, then he can be saved. Like, anywhere, anybody out there can be saved. I was talking to my brother-in-law yesterday, and they serve in an area or town where they're at, and it's called Heroin Alley. And they serve, and they, they go out and they serve, and they minister to people who are, who, who, who are they're, they're, their life is, is based on these methadone clinics. they're in trouble. And they try to get people cooked, to, connected into these, into these rehab facilities, and the, the other guy, the other day said, hey, the, I said, how's that guy doing? You, you got hooked up, and he's like, oh, he's already out. He left. And it's like, and I, we were just this conversation. Like, the only hope for them is Jesus to radically change their life. And what I would say to you today, the only hope for the world is for Jesus to radically change their life. But we're never going to go out and reach people for Christ unless it begins to bother, our, at least bother our heart, at least at least prick our heart just a little bit to say, "Gosh, I gotta, I sh- I wa- I want to make sure people aren't dying and go to a real place called hell." Like, I don't want to get to heaven. No offense. I don't want to get to heaven with just you guys. Like some of you, I, some of y'all are just going to barely make, no, I'm kidding. I, I don't want to get there with just you guys. I want to get there with your neighbors. I want to get there with the people that you guys hung out with last night. That, 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 that woke up this morning and didn't come to church. That's, that's who I want to get there with. I want to get there with your barista. Whatever yours name is. I, I want to get there with them. I want to get there... With your kids, the kid next to you, the kid that sits next to your kid at school, I want to get there with them. I watch little Mavericks stumble in. I want to get there, like, I want him to grow up in this church, I want him to get saved, become a godly young man, and I want to get there with him. I want to get there with your coworkers. Revival ain't going to happen if I'm saved. Revival's going to happen if we begin to help other people hear about Jesus, and they get saved. When we get serious about what haunts God's heart, then revival can happen. I, that's who I want to get there with. I, I don't want to get there with heaven, just us. We're not that religion, by the way. You, I'm not knocking any other religions. But there's a religion out there that, that teaches only 144,000 people get in. Well, that's not in here. The problem with that is the Bible. says <laughs> If God wants the world to be saved, do you think there's a number cap on this deal? No. we got to reach... The world for Christ. So he tells them, um, "Hey guys, I, so here, here's where it gets in. Here's where it gets a little bit like here's where it gets where you have to do something." Okay, <laughs> that's what I like about our church. Someone's, I love our church. Someone said, "I love our church." I said, "Why?" He goes, "Because you make us like go out and do what the Bible actually says." I'm like, "Isn't that every church?" Here's what he says: For everyone, who calls me. when I sharp you to say verse fourteen. But how can those people call on the name of the Lord unless they believe in God? Like, how can they how can they call and be saved unless they believe in, in him? Which is good. That's a good question. Like, they have to believe in him to be saved. Cool. And how can they believe in him if they'd never heard about him? Oh, I know this is going west. I read the, I came across this. And how can they hear about him unless somebody tells them? How can they how are they going? Like, how can they be saved unless they believe, and how can they believe unless they hear, and how can they hear unless somebody tells them about Jesus? I got an answer for you, you and me, us. We are the way that they hear, and the Bible says, and how will anyone go and tell them unless they're sent? My problem. That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. This is hope for all the people. This verse is hope for all the people who don't get pedicures. <laughs> it's not just for girls, guys. 2020, this is your year to get it. You know what I'm saying? Because anything goes. The Bible says, how beautiful are the feet that take the gospel to the world. Church. Church. We got to go fishing. Like, we got to reach the world for Christ. They're not going to hear unless we tell them. I need your help back here. When you walk back here, you'll see why. You just go straight back there and and help me out. You know, you'll know when you get back there. The Bible says in verse 15, And and how will anyone go unless they're being sent? But not everyone welcomes the good news, for Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? Verse 17 says this So faith so faith comes from hearing and hearing is the good news this is my friend Matt Phil Johnson shut up (laughs) or whoever laughed at me you can shut up thank you I appreciate it and you're like why would you say that because they know that I got this stuck back there and I couldn't get it unstuck (laughs) not even embarrassed humility will haunt your heart (laughs) there's one thing I've learned hey church we gotta go fishing Brooke, I don't have a fishing rod. This is for you guys. I'm trying to drive the point home for you guys. Kelly's already in. She already bought in whatever I was selling. But there's some of you guys like you're you're visual. You need the visual. I'm an auditory guy. I don't need this stuff. This is for you guys. And now I'm up here embarrassed trying to recover. Our pastor's transparent. You're darn right he is. Faith comes from hearing. That hearing is from the good news about Jesus Christ. This will not get stuck in second service. Second service, I'm going to nail this. Hey, church, the command to fish for people applies to you and me. And we. Like the command to go out and reach the world and to fish for people. The last thing you said to me was there's a hook in there, be careful. The, The command that God gives you and I is to go out and reach the world for Christ. And we... We have to go reach people. Like, we're going to have to do it together. He says to the guys, Hey, guys, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. The command of fisher people applies to you and me. Here's the second, or here's the first thing I need you to know. You have to know what you're fishing for. You have to know what you're fishing for. Hey, we're fishing for lost people. We're not trying to fish for other people. I love what Christine Kane says this, or fish for other Christians. We got to fish for other Christine Kane says, God didn't call us to be keepers of the aquarium, He called us to be fishers of men. We have to go out and fish for people. You out. You should be out fishing for lost people, people that are dying and going to hell, people that are little Nemo that's in the water it's about to get eaten by the world, getting eaten by the, the things that the world's telling us. We got to go rescue those people before the world gets them. We have youth group here. We're true. We had five kids get saved last week. You don't want to know why. We want to make sure those kids get saved because if we those kids don't get saved in our youth group, the world's going to eat them up and spit them out. Adults, you know that because you've... You've already had that experience. You got saved late and you're like, man, I wish I got, like, what if there's so many of you guys in here say, what if someone, what if somebody would have attached you and would have locked arms with you when you were a little kid and they would have just walked you through salvation and how to be a disciple and how to go out and fish for people? Here's what I know, church, you can't fight people that you're trying to reach. There's enough fighting going on. You have to know what you're fishing for. Here's the thing, you have to know who you're fishing for. You're like, Wes, well, those are similar. No, you need to write their, he or she's name down. Like, we're going to reach lost people. You need a list of people that you're trying to reach. You've got to know who you're going after. Like, the who you're going after. Business owners, you got those employees. You know what they need the most, not a paycheck? They need Jesus. People that are just barely getting by, they need Jesus. That will change your life. You want better employees? Lead them to Jesus. Disciple them. Reach them for Christ. And see what happens. game changer you have to know who you're fishing for some of you guys in here today you, you know who you're fishing for you know what you're fishing for when you've stopped fishing you need to keep on fishing <laughs> you have to keep on fishing like there will there will never be a day where i'm like hey guys we've got enough fish we're good to go you have to keep fishing like nemo kept swimming you have to keep fishing There are lost people out there. There are lots of them. And they're dying and going to a real place called hell. And because of that, that's why we started this church. There's one church for every 1,000 people in America. 3,000 churches close every single month. Last year, we helped start 100 churches. But because of the pandemic, we only helped start 35 churches last year. Not enough. But next year, hopefully we can do 100, 170. I don't know. But here's the reality. We have to keep on fishing. When you give here, it helps us fish. When you serve here, it helps us fish. When you set up a chair here, it helps us fish. But there are some people out there, you just got to invite them. You need to invite them. You, it's time to invite them to either church or to invite them to know to, to Romans 10.9 through 10-9, this verse tells, if you will confess in your mouth and you will believe in your heart, then you can be saved. Some of you need to open up the Bible and just tell your friends that because you already know what you're fishing for and you already know they're your who. You've been friends with them for so long. Marty's here today and Marty's friends come and uh, they own a, a, sandwich called, a sandwich shop called Big A Sandwich Shop. Big A Sandwich Shop. It's what it's called. And they said to him, they said to Marty, Do you really like, like, Marty came, and whatever he does, Tawny, he's just 1,033% in. He liked it. He didn't miss a Sunday. He was just like, Sunday, 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 Sunday. He just wouldn't stop. He was coming out like we couldn't get rid of him. Like, things were breaking here. He just kept on staying in. Just stayed in, stayed in. in, in. And so he says, so he says, my friends say, we're coming with you tomorrow. Because apparently you really like it. That's how people come, Is what they're, they're invited. I don't know if he invited them, or if they're like, dude, this guy, is like something's there, we're gonna go see what's there. If you live your life in such a way, you don't have to invite your friends to church, they're gonna, they're gonna invite themselves. But that goes against your message. No, if you live your life right, people are gonna be like, dude, what is up? On Wednesday night, when my group comes over, one of my groups comes over, and we have 15 cars lighting the street, they're like, what is going on there? My neighbors like, oh, that, that's that's the Jesus house. Like that's what they they're in there dealing Jesus out there. Hey, here's what I know. If we all fish together, we can fill heaven. Hey, I'm not in, I'm not interested in doing anything halfway. I don't do it. nothing I do is halfway. I'm gonna put if I need to get a fishing rod, I'll get a fishing rod. If I need a vest, I'll get a vest. If I need boxing gloves, Paul said this, I will do anything necessary to reach the world for Christ. Paul was saying that so you and I could latch on to it. Not so we can be like, man, Paul, I'm tired of people saying, Paul, best missionary ever to live. You know who I think the best missionary ever to live was? Paul could have been it. But the guy who led Billy Graham to Christ, where is he and she at? Like that, that, we salute that guy made a difference we all fish together we feel heaven we all feel heaven God comes God comes down revival comes down things change I want to invite you to stand to your feet and I want to invite you to pray right where you're at would you pray that this is the year that one of your friends gets saved would you pray for yourself to have the confidence to invite that person that you know very well that Jesus could change their life, that Jesus could change them and make them new and can just eradicate all their issues. You, you know the God that can do that because he did it for you. Would you take a moment and pray that you have the boldness? Maybe you don't want to pray. Maybe right now you need to take your phone out, some of you guys here, and you need to write down three people that you're going to go after. Maybe some of you guys right now need to take your phone out and say, hey, Michelle, you're coming with me next week to church. You need to be there. Mike, you're coming with me next week. Hey, I'm giving you, if you're a business owner today, hey, I'm giving you off next Sunday for the early part of service. You're coming to church with me because I'm going to offer you something greater than salary. I'm going to offer you salvation that comes from God so freely and forever, and that will change your life, and that will change him as a business as an employee. Let's let's do something. Let's not leave here saying, oh, I'm saved. I'm good. Let's leave here saying, I'm going to go help reach somebody else. I'm going to go reach somebody else for Christ.
1: Father, help us to be fishers of men, Lord. Help us to get in the game, God. Show us those people, Lord, that we need to go and invite, Lord, to sit down with, to have conversations with, Lord, to share of the good news, of the hope that you offer, God. Father, we ask you, Lord, that you would help us become better fishers of men. And we will be quick to praise you in all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you next week.